This is Patrick Carney of the Yes Mastermind. And if you desire to learn how to level up and be successful through masterminds, then you should listen to my friend Brandon Strazes with the Mastermind Effect. You love to learn, grow, and improve yourself, but you're still not where you want to be? The right mastermind can be the ultimate secret weapon when it comes to personal development, but trying to find the one that's built for you isn't always easy. Welcome to the Mastermind Effect, the one and only show that focuses on helping you cut through the noise, invest in yourself, and move past your natural limits. This is everything you need to know about masterminds, brought to you by your host, Brandon Straza. Hey, hey, everybody. Today we have Patrick Carney, the founder of the Yes Mastermind, and quite frankly, one of the godfathers when it comes to masterminds. He was doing this before the Tony Robbins and the Dean Graziosis. We go into the philosophy of Napoleon Hill. We talk about thinking about the solution as opposed to the problem and getting outside of your comfort zone. As an added nugget, Patrick has been around and painted the likes of people like the Beatles, Stevie Wonder, and so many other unbelievable artists. Check it out. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the show. I believe the only way to unlock your potential is to tap into the experiences of others. And today, we have a very special guest, Pat the Artiste Carney. Pat, welcome to the show. Hey, Brandon. Thanks very much. I really appreciate the invite. Absolutely. I mean, I had chills when I first got to speak with you, knowing that you have maybe the world's, but at least the country's longest running mastermind, 40 years strong. So, I mean, like the wealth of knowledge that you come to the table with is just, it's extraordinary. And the conversation I've already been able to have with you, and I look forward to the value you're going to be able to bring to the guests out there. So again, I really appreciate it. And I want to hop just right into it and kind of rewind a little bit. You know, today we've got the availability to learn and have access to so many different people and so many different ways of learning. And it's definitely changed over the last five or 10 years. When we were younger, we learned through textbooks and teachers. And eventually, the people we learned from became our friends and coworkers, but they could only really give you a sliver of what was possible. How has learning changed from you from your early years to today? Well, today I call them uh, mentors, really. Let me step back for a second. I just had my 50th high school reunion three years ago and actually reread the program and it had the list of the teachers and it had the list of their educations. And I was actually shocked with the education that our teachers actually had and how many doctorates and how many masters and whatnot, because it, you know, I didn't really step into that and look at it as a high school student. I was into music, I was into arts, and I wasn't really into, you know, say the maths. I was more about uh, English and history and, and the arts. So now I look back, I had really three key, what I would call today, mentors, an English teacher, a high school art teacher, and a math teacher that was not teaching me math. It was, he was, a, he was a, a coach. But what, what would you sit there and say that the, those teachers back then, how we're, how we're learning today, has anything changed in what your mentorship and what, how you're learning and how you're taking it in versus back then? 
Well, today, because of the access that you talked about and having a computer in front of us and being able to tap into anything, I mean, and I mean, really anything, we can learn something instantaneously, you know, and, and I haven't made that second nature as far as uh, something wrong in the house, but I have made it second nature for my mind, you know, like I got a, a green screen uh, a couple of weeks ago and it was loaned to me for an event and I had no clue how to close it, you know, wrap it back up. And my son came in and uh, was visiting and, and he gets on the computer, blah, 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 blah. And next thing I know, it's all closed up, you know, and I, if I had thought about that, I could have done the same thing. But the mentors who generally believe in us change us. So um, I have a, I have a dozen really good friends that I consider mentors today that I can call at any time for anything. Yeah. And it's very important to surround yourself with those types of people in three different areas. One is education. One is support. Somebody that can write you a $10,000 check without a question or a $20,000 check because it's, it's the relationship and they know in two weeks or a month or whatnot, they're going to get the money back. All right. And the, the other is in spiritual, what I call spiritual. And in, in each of those groups, I have nine people, multiples of three. Wow. So, okay. So multiples of three, you mentioning that means that maybe there's a reason behind that. Can you dive a little bit deeper and explain that to me? One of my great mentors, Salon Sheppy uh, from St. Croix, is a poet and really uh, into numbers and what the numbers mean. And for me, three is my number. Okay. My phone number ends in 3333. You know, it's just one of those things. And I'm riding down the freeway. I'll be looking at um, license plates for numbers to get me motivated on my drive. I'll, you know, all sorts of things. Committed. And so the mastermind that I personally run that we'll talk about in a little while is actually 12 members, four, four times three. Okay. Well, I look forward to that part of it. And that's just hearing the mathematics and then the science and then kind of the belief and the wisdom behind that. So, you know, sticking to where we're at right now, we have more ways to take in information, you know, like you just said, than we've ever had before. And to me, it can get a little bit confusing. Some people look for a mentor, others look for accountability buddies, masterminds, and some people take online courses. So there's a lot of ways to really learn right now. Who are you currently learning from and how did you find them? One of my favorites is a guy named David Corbin. He's probably my best mentor. I call him up for anything and, and talk to him. And he's all about illuminating our challenges. So if you're, you're having a challenge, rather than pushing it aside or attempting to go through it, he, yeah, there you go. He talks about illuminating those negatives so that we can work our way through it. And Dave's a great friend. In fact, uh, we were talking this morning about balance and understanding balance through, throughout our lives. And every morning, he actually balances a series of boulders on top of each other to create his balance for the day. 
<laughs> that's uh, you see those in pictures, different things, but that that's a that's a very unique way of how he's finding his center and his balance for the day. How did you end up finding Dave Corbin? Actually, um, we met with uh, I guess uh, five hundred thousand of our closest friends in a little event called Woodstock, a festival in nineteen sixty nine uh, that he and I both attended. We just happened to cross paths. And then I met him when I moved to San Diego here in 2001. Wow. Yeah. I bet that was, uh, I bet there's some, some stories and some interesting times that uh, happened at the original Woodstock to say the least. Oh yeah. I actually uh, just released some of my photographs from, from Woodstock that had never seen the light of day except for, for, you know, my friends and I sitting around doing what we used to call um, slideshows. We used to sit around at night in, in the 60s and early 70s and, and show slideshows from concerts we'd go to or, or events that we'd go to. Because I, at, at that point, I didn't know anything about transformation. I you know, hadn't been introduced to that yet. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. You know, speaking of transformation, a lot of people are, they get stuck and they don't know how to execute what's in their head. And it could be because of transformation. I found that there's a lot of ways to get unstuck, but sometimes I have no idea how to get there. It's like, I can't see through the bushes. How have masterminds helped you when you're looking to execute a new idea to get unstuck per se? Well, life is a team sport. We're not meant to be here and do this kind of work or uh, anything that we do alone. So the mastermind gives me 11 accountability partners. It gives me 11 breakthrough partners. It gives me 11 spiritual partners. It gives me partners in every area of my life where we can sit down either in the main mastermind that we run every Tuesday morning or in a mini mastermind in between what we call hot seats so that we can, whatever the challenge, break through it with you know, either the mentors or the, or the mastermind members themselves. You know, there is a spirit of vulnerability in, in masterminds if they're done properly and if they're based on uh, Napoleon Hill's trainings and really follow the guidelines so that there's always results. There's always growth. There's always people going to another level. Hmm. And, and any more like, if, if you wouldn't mind expanding on that just a little bit of the beliefs of Napoleon Hill and how you've integrated that. I'd love to hear a little bit more. Well, yeah, the, the uh, origin of the term mastermind is attributed to Napoleon Hill. He was an author of a, um, a 1937 published book called Think and Grow Rich. And he defined a mastermind to be created through, through harmony of purpose and effort between two or more people. And then in his law of success course, Hill said, success in this world is always a matter of individual effort, yet you will only be deceiving yourself if you believe that you can succeed without the cooperation of other people. Wow. And you've taken those philosophies and those mentalities and those beliefs, and you've, you've built that into what, you're, what you've done for well over 40 years now, which, which is amazing. Yeah, your ability to... Um, create abundant success in the next five to 10 years is actually affected by the mindset of the people with whom you collaborate. 
your ability to create fulfillment in the next five to 10 years is affected by the fulfillment level of those with whom you collaborate. So my great friend, Gregory, that runs the secret knock, he says, he's trained us that we will rise or we will lower ourselves to the level of the six people we hang around with the most. So if you want to be a millionaire, you know, you might want to look at your friends and say, okay, and you got to change. Or if you want to be an author or whatever it is that you have this mindset to be, you really got to hang around them. And what, what we've learned over the years is the bigger the person is in life, okay, famous, you know, or making money, the more access we have to them. Hmm. I didn't expect to hear that. The bigger they are, the more access we have to them. Absolutely. Is that because of social media? Is that because of the, their willingness to allow us to have the access? What's the reason behind that? It's a combination of things, but mostly it's because they have the time now. Okay. And number two, nobody asks them. People make an assumption that they're not available. Mm-hmm. Now think about this. I have invited 165 guests, experts, mentors to my mastermind because I bring in an expert once a month. 163 have shown up. Now think about that. That number's crazy. Yeah. I mean, and this Tuesday, we will have Ron Klein, who is the grandfather of possibilities. He invented the strip on the back of our credit cards. He invented the MLS, and I think currently he has 640 patents, uh, inventions that, that, that are out there in the world that are being used. Wow. And all because you said you asked. I asked. That's it. That's worth everything right there is the access that we can have to people just by asking. I love it. All right. Let's kind of go into teachings. There's, there's always different styles of teachings, whether it's classrooms, mentors, group environments, you know, groups of three. I realized at a young age, I really couldn't learn from, from books. The best way that I was able to learn was through listening to people around me, listening to their experiences. What are some of the formats that you prefer to learn from and why? Well, I, currently I'm using a combination of things. I do love books. I um, <laughs> got expelled from Catholic school in fourth grade. And for me, it turned out to be the best thing that ever happened to me. And the reason why is I got a Mrs. Hunterton as a fourth grade teacher in public school who believed in books, who brought me to the library, knew I was interested in art and brought me into the art section and introduced me to the art books in the library. It created this fever in me to read art books and to really get into them. And then I started reading autobiographies of the artists and and all the different things that come with it. And it gave me a real hunger to learn. So I still love books. And one of the great things about Secret Knock on the second night is all of the speakers give you their books, their next bestseller. So twice a year, I was getting 17 to 26 brand new books on education. And I've got to hang around with some of the... um, greatest 
intuitive and science-based educators like Jeff Fannin, who's a, a, a neuroscientist in, in Arizona. And what he told me is it takes seven days for the brain to understand that this is a good idea. So we're reading a book and read a paragraph, okay? We better highlight that darn paragraph. It takes 21 days for the brain to actually create a new superhighway for the idea. It takes 90 days for it to become second nature. So what I do is I actually say I go to a seminar and, uh, you know, I just spent two days at, on Zoom. A seminar was called COVID Business Festival. It was for entrepreneurs and, and small business owners hosted by Scott Duffy. Had some of the most phenomenal speakers and trainers. So I take notes. I got 29 pages of notes. Okay. So the second day on Saturday morning, I highlighted in yellow the best of the best. What were the best pieces of that? And now I'm reading those, the best highlights for 90 days. Hmm. Wow. Will you read them daily, every seven days? How are you going to take those in? You cannot okay. skip. You can't skip a day. It has to be daily for 90 days. Wow. So I'm not reading all 29 pages. I'm reading the top nuggets, the nuggets. You know, and like Les Brown was on, one of my favorite favorite speakers and, and transformational leaders. And one of the nuggets that he said was be a pencil in the hand of God. And that like blew me away. So now, you know, I've read it all the time. So it's in there. I'm not going to forget that. And the things that I am talking to you about, I've learned somewhere along, along the way. Wow. Be a pencil in the hand of God. Meaning, and what he was talking about at the time was being a difference maker. Right. You know, you know fill your cup full and then with the overflow, help everyone else. Wow. So needless to say, that was a pretty impactful two-day Zoom conference and had Correct. some unbelievable speakers. And then the the host of it all is, I believe, a friend of yours who has a yeah, Scott Duffy has a pretty large uh, mastermind group himself as well. Yeah, and he's had some phenomenal, phenomenal experiences. And in his last company that he owned, he sold it to um, Richard Branson. So um, he's been around, you yeah. know, and and um, he he hosts a uh, a call on multiple multiple venues and on uh, what's it called the desktop mm -hmm. radio or something like that and, um and uh from 10 to 11 every single day california time which is helping people through all this what's going on for the last three months wow yeah, yeah. I, I love the give mentality that so many entrepreneurs are doing right now yourself with some of the projects that you've worked on from an artistic standpoint, what Scott Duffy's doing and so many other people, the, what they're providing value out there. Mark Cuban's doing a great job as well. So it's, it's amazing how 
some of these entrepreneurs that you might not think that you have access to from what you've even said is just asking, you can have their time and you can learn from them. That's beautiful. Love it. Now, typically when someone invests in their future, they have a better than vague idea of what they're going to get. We're able to have some form of expectation of the type of people we're going to be around and you know who's going to be in that room and then what the outcome is going to be. What should people expect when they enter your reality and your mastermind? Well, we decided to put some rules to the game, okay? Because if, if you don't make up the rules, who makes up the rules? You know, someone else. So when we sat down, originally we didn't, the original time, wait, you know, 1980, we didn't really have the rules in place as we do today. But the, the things we wanted was vision, synergy, win-win, out-of-the-box thinking, a unique entrepreneurial spirit, integrity, purposeful action taken each and every week, inspired creativity, and most important, coachable members. Dive deeper into the coachable members thing, if you wouldn't mind. What we wanted what we desired really was a path, a, a, a path to follow so that we all had a similar language. And one of the rules is over the years has been, uh, you have to tend money in you. Some of them, we were all landmark grads. We desired this, this language that, so that we spoke to each other and we encouraged each other we were coming from a knowledge that we could all understand. And that language creates so many opportunities to expand who we are, expand our business, our growth, and become really, I guess the word is, is synergistic from the standpoint of the benefits that we can give away. So we have 48 great books that have come out of the room. We have multiple art shows. We have poems. And, and we have uh, one guy, we did a hot seat for him. And his goal was to travel around the world. Okay? He's been to 147 countries since that hot seat. And he's making more money now than when he left. Because he pivoted, and all his work is now done online. He can do his work from anywhere in the world. And we, today, I mean, you look at the numbers that are out there of, you know, 30 million Americans out of work. They have to be able to pivot. And... They have to surround themselves currently with people that are not thinking about the problem. They're thinking about the solutions. So masterminds are all about solutions. You know, we have banned words. You can't say certain words in the room. If you do, it cost you 20 bucks and give me 20 on the floor. Got to do 20 push-ups. Okay, because words 
really create your reality. Your thinking creates your reality. So we desire each and every member to think before they speak. Use that filter of bad words. Okay? Because like in the 40s, the seven richest families in America hired a German educator to create an education system that created 99% worker bees and 1% to have the money. How has that worked? So, we as entrepreneurs are changing everything. It's our job to change it all, to change the language, change the actions, and create opportunities, especially now with what's going on in the world now, to help individuals pivot and create a new reality. Wow. I know you can't see it, but I'm getting chills hearing what you're saying as some of the unbelievable entrepreneurs that we've been talking with lately have that same mentality. They keep coming back to solving the problem, changing the system. And it's like, it seems to just be something that is continuously resonating. And it's that, that word is growing, that give back. And so when I hear you say that, and you know, the experiences that you've had, you know, that there, there's something that's coming, there's something that's going to be changing. And it has to, if you have one, 99% worker bees and this started back in 1940, and we're still working on a broken idealistic system, it's just, we can't, we can't move that way. Well, like, let's just take the word nice, okay? If I say to you, Brandon, you're really nice, what does that mean to you? It can mean lots of things, but I don't, I'm not like, you know, I'm a nice person. Okay. Pre-1937, you know what the word nice meant? Weak. Really? Yeah. There's a thousand words in a dictionary that was changed by this educator to change how individuals think they really didn't want us to be entrepreneurs they really didn't want us to be win-win they didn't want synergy between small business owners okay goal okay we know what goal means today right absolutely pre-1937 starting point huh and there's you know words like that it, that that have come apart, you know. So so when you think about a mastermind and you think about pivoting and you think about everything that we're talking about, the the idea is that you 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 must surround yourself with brilliant individuals dedicated to supporting you and challenging you, cheering you on and inspiring you to achieve and use the action steps to get to your desired outcome. Yeah. So the group's interest in a, in a mastermind and attention to individuals' goals provides a subtle yet um, powerful incentive for accountability. The group's individual perspectives, experiences, and wisdom are compounded on your behalf. So they provide a synergy well beyond that of each individual. And then the group's non-judgmental support encourages you to openly share your fears and your dreams getting them out into the open where they can be dealt with effectively. Wow. That's the, the key to masterminding. Wow. It's 
See, it's amazing. See, there's an old Kenyan proverb. Uh, Sticks in a bundle are unbreakable. So mm-hmm. picture, you know, going out and picking up just twigs and tying them together, maybe 30. There's no way to break them. So the same thing happens in the mindset of a mastermind. Because as you and I talked about before, the word is so loosely used today. Okay? It's not based on the hot seat process. And you just get, you know, speakers who invite, you know, 30 to 300, 500 people in a room, and they think they're masterminding. Well, in their minds it might be, but in my mind, the structure's all wrong. Yeah. So structure has a lot to do with it. It's that bundle of sticks. It's not the. It's not a bundle of trees. It's a bundle of sticks put together to be able to achieve. Yeah, I mean, just little twigs. Yeah, yeah. I love the analogy. I love the thought process behind that. You know, t- today people have ways of surprising us. Whether it's you know due to their their drive, their willingness to learn, and the rooms that you've put together are hand selected. I've got to imagine. Has anyone that has been to an event or a mastermind that you have created, have they surprised you in what they've been able to accomplish and what was really the outcome of what they were able to do because of the room you put together? Absolutely. I met a woman at a networking event who stood in the corner, wasn't speaking to anyone, wasn't interacting, forced to be there by her company. So I was attracted to her because of that. And I invited her out to mastermind. And the coolest thing is she said to me, after she trusted me, she says, I have $30,000 in the bank for self-growth. And I'm choosing you to be my coach. That's great. And she went through a class that I was giving at the time on being a professional networker, uh, how, how to get out there and get beyond her challenges and, you know, giving her an opportunity to, to create win-win. Anyway, she ended up joining the mastermind. And for the first couple of weeks, really didn't interact in the way um, one desires uh, the members to interact especially in the, in the shares and the, and the hot seat. However, the fifth week, she raised her hand and said, I would like to speak. And from that point on, the growth was incredible. And she today owns her own company and, and is changing lives by being one of the great speakers around. What was the five-week hesitation that it took her to have that transformation? Well, it started with fear, and um, she had never spoke in front of people. She she never really had done anything that challenged her. She was overprotected growing up, only child, and just needed that support. And in that room, she felt the support. At the same time, you know, two, three, four weeks in, I asked people to leave. So expand on that. So you're saying people have paid to be there and then you see that their intentions aren't right or it's just not a symbiotic relationship with the people that are in there? Could be commitment, could be balance, could be anything that comes up. 
And when I noticed that it could be a cancer that really would kill the, the group, I let them go. And I have no problem doing that. And I have no problem telling someone that they're not for the group. Yeah. Your fit is just not. And, and, you know, for the most part, the average has been only one out of four people get in. Because I do a 45-minute interview prior. Okay. And, of course, some people can fake the interview, you know, do really well. But once you get in the room, not so much. You know, you could, you could be good for a week or two, or, and then something will happen. Yeah. And then I have to have a conversation, you know. And, and it's my job to have that conversation because everyone in the room is counting on me to be the leader to make sure that their opportunity to grow is paramount to everything. Yeah, you can you can fake something for a while, but our true colors and who we really are and the value that we do or don't bring eventually comes out after a period of time. It's just it's really the reality. Yeah, especially to the uh, you know the uh, the commitment to the group mm-hmm. and the commitment to individual members because I send out an email every single morning at six a.m. to all the members and it's aimed at one of the members, something I overheard something they said to me, whatever it might be. And I go find a quote that addresses it exactly. Mm. And then uh, the mastermind itself starts with a, with a three minute video that's aimed at someone in the room, whether it be around gratitude or growth or choices or rules or whatever it might be. And I go find a two or three minute video that's aimed at, you know, the funny thing is more than one person will come to me and say, Wow, that was great. That was that was right on. That's you know that that hit me right where it was supposed to hit me, which is always the case. You know, it's just one of those things. Yeah, we always think that it's uh, you know it's it's got to be about me, hands down. At the end of the day, yeah. But it's it's amazing how it's able to affect in a positive light any of those members, regardless. And they're like, "That's exactly what I needed, Pat. That's exactly what I needed." So kind of, you know, stay in that area. I was, I was working with my coach recently and we were talking about what it takes to create success, mentorship, experimentation, partnerships, willingness to fail. We're just a few that, that came up. And, and one of the things that I like to talk to everyone about is someone's willingness to succeed. With the sensitivity through social media, I feel that we're actually afraid to succeed. What do you feel it takes to be willing to get over that hump when your main fear is something that you don't even realize is the realization of being successful? That's where that average of six people we were talking about comes in because those individuals can guide you through all of that. You know, we're going to have more, you know, people fail in the next year probably than we've ever had. And so they really need successful individuals with varied skills. And one of the things we attempt to do in the mastermind is to have varied skills of, you know, of people. I mean, we have an interior designer for hospitals in there currently. We have another artist. We have a photographer. And it's, it's a real mix because everyone can enhance everyone else's, uh, you know, lives through, through the varied skills that they have. When the photographer pivoted, you know, because it just dried up, can't be, could go and photograph, couldn't, you know, and she, she photographs events, uh, the big, the big events that you and I attend, uh, she, she photographs. 
So she pivoted and she created backgrounds for Zoom, doing unbelievable. Um, you know, Lisa Lisa Nichols bought it for all her people. Okay, Susie Carter bought it for all her people. All these great leaders saw because we're all going to be on Zoom. This is what we need. Wow. You know, and so getting back to that question, you know, let me, let me relate it to golf. I was a top amateur golfer in, in, in the country, and uh, I have 287 wins on the golf course. The first time I was playing with my son when he was really, really playing well, because I never let him beat me, and he went, he was like five under in the first nine holes. Okay. And he's chirping, you know, like we all do on the golf course, chirp, chirp, chirp. And he said, you're not upset. I said, no. I said, I'm proud of you. However, I'm not worried. And he said, what do you mean? I said, you have a comfort zone in score. I know what that comfort zone is. By the end of the round, we're going to be at that comfort score. You're not going to stay at five under. And it was a big lesson for him because he had to learn to go low. Once he learned to go low, he got a golf scholarship to play golf in college. And it was all about that mindset. The same with earning money, whatever it might be. We got to get past that comfort zone, past that barrier to success. Wow. I love it. I love it. We've got just a, a few more questions as we're getting ready to wrap it up on there. And the analogies again, spot on. There's always new ideas brewing in times of prosperity. But I think real innovation and ingenuity comes out of times when we feel the squeeze like today. What are you currently working on right now that'll take place over the next 12 months that really excites you? Due to the, uh, the, uh, and the virus and the situation we're going through and being on Scott Duffy's uh, podcast every day and thinking about the pivoting, and I have three grandchildren that um, really having had a tough time in um, being the stay-at-home order. So I am creating a series of um, children's books with Johanna, Johanna and I, mm -hmm. and using those three children, those three grandchildren, as the, the way they share love now because of the stay-at-home orders. And it, it really will show a child, like, like um, one of the illustrations is their mother had a three-week-old baby, and Zoe, who was just one and a half, was learning to walk down the stairs on her own, but always held mom's hand. And a four-year-old walked up and took her hand and walked her down the stairs. And so Chase shows his love for Zoe by walking her down the stairs. And so that's the, the one page in there. And so mm -hmm. that's what we're working on. So, wow. cause I think it's going to make it have an impact to change the lives of kids. And there's, there's a series to it. There's five books in the series, all starting with love and then dealing with life lessons. Mm -hmm. Wow. All through a, ch a child's eyes, the innocence, you know, they haven't had time to be jaded. Yeah. If, if we all continue to look through our, our life through ch our children's eyes or children's around us eyes, 
everything more that we could accomplish going forward as an entrepreneur would be endless right there. What's something that you've learned in the last year, tip trick, whether it's through social technology, whatever that you could give the listeners to help them in their entrepreneurial journey? Hmm. That's a good one. I guess the best one that's come out in the last three months has been to call each one of your customers and just say, how are you doing? And how can I help? Not a sales call, a check-in call and, and really create win-win because you don't know what they need. Okay. And if you can get them what they need, who are they going to call when they need you for, for their product or service? You right? and twice on Sunday. Right. And so I think that's the biggest one. And, and there's a bunch of us in my circle that have done that and had is, it really has created win-win. Wow. I love it. I love it. You have, you've bestowed upon us so much knowledge and the people that you've surrounded yourselves with and the people you continue to surround yourself with, it's about the give. That's, that's really what it keeps coming back to. And I've been fortunate enough to have a few conversations with you at this point and look forward to getting to know more as the years go on. So Pat, I really appreciate your time and everything that you've provided today. Just so much knowledge. Thank you so much for spending the time with us on the Mastermind Effect. I appreciate it. I really enjoy it. And if there's anything I can do for you, let me know. All right. Thanks, Pat. Thank you for listening to The Mastermind Effect, your secret weapon for personal development. If you enjoyed the show, please take a moment to share with a friend and leave a five-star review on iTunes. And don't forget to subscribe through your favorite podcast host so you won't miss a single episode. You're one step closer to experiencing The Mastermind Effect.